Hi, friends. Welcome to Co-Parenting Past Chaos, a podcast about marriage, divorce, and the crazy adventures of co-parenting with your hosts, April and Lauren. Join us each week as the wife and former wife of the same man discuss a topic straight from their personal experiences of what it takes to forge and maintain a positive co-parenting relationship while collectively co-parenting six children. Welcome to episode 76 of Co-Parenting Past Chaos. In chaos. Right now. Yep. Chaos. All the chaos. If you guys could see the chaos that we're in. It's exciting. I just saw your head spin around. Because these kids are working my nerves. It's bad enough like I've worked all day long and I come home and this is my fault that I have to make different dinners each night because Mm -hmm. the kids don't eat what I eat. You know, right. I don't yeah. eat meat. So, you know, you're the same way. Same way. But then to sit there at the entire dinner and gag or and look be like, repulsed yeah, you're by eating acid. Mm-hmm. I'm finally just like, just go to your room. I, I just want to feed them look. goldfish all the time. I'm so insulted anytime I try to cook for them. I mean, how ungrateful. You're getting a home cooked meal. So I know. I can get food. Do you know I already feel have like mom guilt for not being one of those Susie homemakers oh, and cooking yeah, all the time. Too. So when I do put out that effort. And then my kids hate it. I'm like, well, this is why I am the mom that puts everything in the microwave. They literally dissect it. And they're like, what did you put in this? Food. Food. The best of kind. But you know what? I just think it's going to be frozen pizza, frozen nuggets. Because I love that stuff. I know. There you go. So my mom guilt can go away now. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it is. But we had a week full of celebrations because Lauren and I were both giving birth during this week. (laughs) 10 years ago. And 24 years That's ago. That's right. Our oldest both yes. had birthdays on the same day. Both of our biological oldest children, mm-hmm. right, celebrated. So Jackson was 10 mm-hmm. on Wednesday and Haley was 24. And wow. we had tons of children, grandchildren over for a pizza party yes. in the house. And it was It was intense. interesting. <laughs> it was like a drive through birthday party is what it yeah. was. It was a speedy, like, let's get these kids to bed. Here's Bye. Okay, here's a gift. Happy <laughs> birthday. That's what it is in a blended family it is i feel like that's what polygamy families you don't have to invite anybody else because you can't there's too many of us we had like what was the count there was 15 15 15? yeah just family and then if you count tanner had two friends so that's 17 18 so it's a lot of people a lot of people it's always a thing all right so last week we discussed releasing the stigma behind multiple marriages you know because we've had so many of those And this week, we're talking about moving on from a tragic relationship or how trauma and tragedy can turn into triumph. Yes. But not allowing an experience that you've had dictate really what your future holds. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So everybody's tragedy looks a little different. And to me, tragic is a dark word that I normally like associate with death or demise. Yeah. It's not always. No. And when in our writing this week, we wrote about two completely different topics, but they were both tragic in their own Mm -hmm, way mm -hmm. and I loved how you could see both sides of us and kind of what went on I chose not to write about John because my marriage itself was tragic (laughs) so I was like there's too much tragedy in that marriage so we gotta we gotta think of something else juice it up a bit but it doesn't always mean that you know just because you have tragedy that it has to be morbid right we put a little spin on it I guess or whatever for our flashback I think we can both just say that our custody battle was tragic enough Mm -hmm. there's no trauma there too so we don't need to really go into all that Uh, a few months ago Lauren and I were guests on a podcast and when they first reach out to ask us about coming on for an interview I will admit that I was a little taken back by their name of the show Mm -hmm. and 
I didn't really know a lot about it, but after communicating back and forth with one of the hosts and doing a little research of our own, it made perfect sense. As soon as Lauren and I finished recording that episode with them, we knew that we really wanted to get them on our show. Not only were they a hoot, we had such a good time being on their show. The message that they have was just simply amazing, and they share the same desire that we do in advocating for a more positive co-parenting relationship and putting children first. Joining us today to discuss how they turned their personal tragedy into triumph and a much better co-parenting relationship. We have Denny, Jamie, and Amanda from the Thank God Cancer Saved Our Divorce podcast. And first of all, we want to thank you guys so much for being on our show. You are welcome. Thanks for having thank us you. on. We can't wait for our listeners to hear your story because it's amazing. Thank you. I, I don't know how amazing it is. <laughs> well, we think it's amazing. Because, <laughs> so first, before we start, will you explain your dynamic? All right. I'll take this because so far I have survived. I have. Quarterback. Lived. Yeah. So I'm going to quarterback this, as I say on the podcast. So I am Denny. I was married to Jamie. Uh, for five miserable years. I, mm. I, I didn't mean that. It was like four miserable years. It was four. Totally miserable. Jeez. Yeah. So we were married and Jamie and I actually started in a bad way. Right. We started. We we had an affair. Not with each other. With other people. And then we went to a support group. You're so no, dumb. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I was like, what are you trying to say? So no, Jamie and I got into a relationship while I was still married. She was still married. And, you know, in an effort to uh, prove everybody wrong, we stuck it out Mm -hmm. and fought through all the tough times and uh, actually hated each other. Yes. Yeah. One of us hated more than the other. Yeah. But we had really, it was a struggle the entire marriage. It really was. And we divorced five years, four years later. Uh, In between that time, we actually adopted a child together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her name is Audrey. Fast forward to now, I'm with Amanda, who Jamie and Amanda didn't really see eye to eye at the beginning of our relationship. And she was, I guess, Jamie uh, had some rules. It's on an episode. You'll have to listen because my rules are great. (laughs) She had a few rules for Amanda that had to do with Audrey. So as luck would have it, as Amanda and I were trying to move on with with our lives and Jamie was trying to move on with hers, our little girl was diagnosed with leukemia. Uh, from that moment on, it was almost like Looking back, it felt like a light switch went off. Yeah. yeah. You know, it just seemed like a very easy transition. Mm -hmm. Um, In the grand scheme of things, there was probably, you know, still some very uncomfortable time in there. Yeah, there was um, there was a lot of uncomfortable time, especially with being in the hospital all the time with Audrey and having to go all the doctor's appointments. And I think one day we just. It clicked and yeah, it was like, you know, why you realized we, I was funny. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't need Denny. Denny anymore. <laughs> yeah, we didn't need Denny. So we just thought, you know, let the past be the past and we'll work through it. We'll work through it. And, and as we sit here right now, both of them are upset with me. <laughs> Amanda and Jamie are both mad at me. I'm fuming with you right now. And <laughs> here, so it's weird how the dynamic has changed that it's like me against these two now. Yeah. yeah. Women like, really, we really do rule the world. What can I, I say? I'm we do better. Yes. All right. So when you two divorced, when Jamie and Denny divorced, how was the co-parenting relationship between the two of you? Oh, it was wonderful. 
<laughs> a liar. It was awful. Um, see, I kind of have to have my way, and so Hi, my name's April. Like, We're twins. We're all the time. <laughs> yeah, like, like ninety nine percent of the time. So it was like my way or the highway, and Denny would try to like work with me, but not try to make me mad. And I know it drove Amanda crazy because a little he catered to me a little bit. A little. Interesting. That must have been nice. I wish I would have had one of those. <laughs> I was still a bitch, so. <laughs> so I am. I I did try, and I'm I'm all about diplomacy. So if I can smooth the situation over, that's what I want to do. And you know, as as I explained jamie to amanda i was like look she's gonna have her way we just have to oh i've never heard this before no it's just it's nothing bad it's she's gonna have to get this she's gonna have to come to terms Mm -hmm. right and did you think i'd come to terms really no, I mean, you would have had to eventually. Like, it wasn't well, going to. I thought you would come to terms when you got serious with someone. Hmm. I figured at that point you would kind of start coming around. Listen to this. It's like during your podcast. I know. We're, we're starting a breakthrough. <laughs> right? Hey, hey that's what we're here for. Oh, How was the relationship between Amanda and Jamie before this? Bad. Yeah. <laughs> Tenuous or tenuous at Caddy? best. Yeah. So I didn't really have an, a relationship at all. So non-existent or just like we didn't know each other when they first got together. Well, I, I knew of her, but yeah, I didn't know her, know her. No. And the relationship at the beginning was very Jamie is I'm going to put on the show and look how great. Like, I don't know how else to say it. Look how great I am. <laughs> so when we would go like I sound they, crazy. Have a, they have a. Um, Denny has two older sons, so Jamie was their step parent. We would all go to football games together, not together, but Jamie would sit three feet apart and try to be the loudest person in the entire stands. I was not. I don't think you intended to. And you brought like three friends and your sister and an entourage, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to be the stoic and cool. You don't bother me. So we had two very opposite ways of dealing with it, but the tension, everybody could feel it everywhere yeah jamie Jamie is more of a i have a saying that i say i'm going to own the discomfort so if if i'm ever in an uncomfortable situation Mm -hmm. i will i'm going to make you uncomfortable so that you don't have the chance to make me uncomfortable i might use humor i might use something that you've said and pick at it you know just i always have something like that that i'm doing and jamie's learned that over time so she would come in to these football games and i've teased her because she would be coming from work wearing high heels on these metal bleachers <laughs> click click clang, click, clang. click click <laughs> that's click. me uh-huh. and then <sighs> and then down she would sit and you know oh where's he at and then just the loudest cheers and all of that stuff <laughs> yeah 45 selfies uh, that's Lauren. <laughs> um, okay, I feel attacked. Jamie, successfully moved the anger for me. Now Jamie hates Amanda. <laughs> okay, so will you guys walk us through the day that you got the hardest news that a parent could ever get? Yeah, that's well, Denny and Amanda were on vacation to Tennessee in Gallenberg. And Denny takes all his wives to Gatlinburg. Oh, my God. That's true. There's there's been more than three of them. Yes. <laughs> so um, the last time Denny and I had gone on vacation to Tennessee, I'll start here because Audrey had we got back and we were in the emergency room with Audrey. She had a hundred and eight point 
eight degree fever. This was wow. when Jamie and I were still married. This, yes. this is not now. And so he decides that he's going to take his new wife or soon to be wife to Gatlinburg. And so he gave our child cancer. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, can I get a copy of this recording? <laughs> Absolutely. So um, Audrey had been a little edgy and tired and whiny and um, fatigued. And I had said something to Denny and we had talked about taking her to a nutritionalist because she wasn't eating right. Um, She'd always eaten like a bird. Yeah. Yeah. Still does. Still does. Yeah. And so he said, yeah, let's wait till next Wednesday. He was going to be back. It was just a well visit. No big deal. Oddly enough. Let me interject here for one second. Oddly enough. When it came to matters about Audrey's health and, you know, co-parenting about making sure she was okay, we could get along pretty well as it related to her care um, Mm -hmm. and that type stuff, because we were very worried about her because she was she was starting to act a little despondent. And her stomach was distended really far. Yeah. So there there were signs. We just didn't know what kind of signs we were looking at. Yeah. You didn't know what they were until someone yeah. painted a picture. Yeah. So I brought her home from daycare and the daycare worker said, hey, do you think she looks a little gray? And I'm like, oh, you know, I think she has an iron deficiency. So I'm going to talk to my mom when I get home. At the time I was living with my mom and my mom said, OK, you need to take her in tomorrow. So I took her in for a sick visit. The nurse came in and she left. And then the doctor came in and he left. And then the nurse came back and she's like, the doctor asked what I hospital. I think they just said that we were going to transfer. Yeah, yeah. we're going to send her to a children's hospital, actually. Yeah. Which one would you like, Peyton Manning or Riley? And I said, why? And she said, well, I'm going to let the doctor tell you. And I was like, no, why does she need to go to one of those? And she said, well, the doctor thinks she might have leukemia. Well, doctor came in. And he said, look, I'm he got the blood work back and he said, I'm I'm almost positive it's leukemia, but we need to send her down to get further testing. And I looked at him. I said, she can't. Her dad's not here. <laughs> she, sorry. You know, <laughs> she can't yeah. be sick. Yeah. <laughs> He's, He's with not- his girlfriend in Gallagher. <laughs> He's with that crazy woman that. Yeah, that's all the word you're going to no, come out no. with. No, it was not. <laughs> yeah, so I tried to keep it clean. So, I, I mean, I know, but I didn't know if I should say it. But it, to kind of piggyback on that, you know, I think if we were to look back, we could say without question that that's probably when the relationship uh, really took its biggest turn Mm -hmm. because, you know, I was the first person she called, obviously. Um, And you actually took the call. I did take the call and I almost didn't. Because she had called like four other times during our trip. Yeah. So it it was about Audrey. (laughs) It seemed like excuses. Cancer. Not then she didn't. It was. I may or may not have been married a couple of times prior to this. Three times. When I was. At Amanda and I had just went into the aquarium at Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and we were just getting ready to walk across the bridge Shark with bridge. sharks. When I was married to my second wife, <laughs> I had told my young boys at the time that I had wrestled 
a shark and an alligator because I came home from the honeymoon with a big giant. My my arm was scratched up real bad. I don't even remember what I did, but I always convinced them that I had wrestled an alligator and I'd wrestled a shark. And I had since uh, Jamie and I had split up, my second wife and I had become friendly and uh, we started talking. So I was actually getting ready to take a picture. No, we're not all friends. No, those two, there's still, still a little space. But I was going to take a picture. And as soon as I lift up my phone, it starts ringing and it says, Jamie. And I'm like, ah, I just about bumped it because I'm like, man, I, the shark's right there. I can take the picture. But he knows how crazy I am because I'll go crazy baby mama. That's exactly and right. He'll, he'll hit the ignore uh, and I'll call right back. Uh-huh. And he'll hit the ignore and I'll call right back. <laughs> yep. So I, I go ahead and I take the call and... Uh, I knew within two seconds that something was wrong. You know, she in kind of the last time she's trying to deliver news her way. (laughs) She, you know, she says, hey, what are you doing? I'm at at an aquarium. And she said, "Okay," And and I could hear she was crying. And I said, what's up? And she said, you need to start making your way home. And I'm like, why? Because I don't, you know, if there's something that's happened to any of my family, she's not going to know. It only could be Andre, in my opinion, or her. And either one would not have been good. So, you know, she said, I'm at the doctor and they, they think Audrey has cancer. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? You know, then she told me the story. You know, I know we had an appointment for next week, but mom thought I should go. And I'm like, okay, how sure are they? And she well. We're going to we're getting ready to get into an ambulance and go to Riley, Riley. which is where we're at. Uh, it's a very an and a half renowned south. Um, renowned children's hospital um, for the region. So, oh wow, yeah. So was it kind of an understood like your your co-parenting just took a turn right then and it mended itself? No, no. no. Okay. So how did that happen? So like the first, so Denny and I make a beeline trip to Riley we get there to tell you how quickly made it back from Tennessee they were still in the ER like had it even been admitted fully yet by the time Denny and I got there oh wow and uh, Jamie's there with her mom and her dad and Audrey just wanted Denny so Denny climbs up in the bed with Audrey to lay with her and I'm just sitting there there's not any other chairs to sit in um, and I'm clearly the one not wanted to be there no, she wasn't. Nope. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I won't lie. So we were all just trying to focus on her. And I just kind of stepped back because I don't want to make the situation worse. And we've got to pay attention to Audrey. I remember it was still really awkward. You decided to take your pants off and change. Yeah. To change. just try and make, I feel like it was really just to try and make me more uncomfortable. <laughs> no. I was like, well, I t- then I decided to say, I was like, nah, I'm going to stay in for the long haul. Well, we were in the, we still hadn't been admitted. And that's why I didn't understand why you were in the hallway taking your clothes off. I was, no, in, she the was, hallway. Not, was in the room with I all was in of the us. Room, and I was standing her behind mom, the dad, bed. Me, you and Audrey. There wasn't a bathroom in the room. So I was like, OK, nobody look. And I changed into my comfortable clothes that my dad brought me. It was not that everybody wanted to know that. <laughs> <laughs> I did. We like that. We like to see how close you are. <laughs> that was the pinnacle of I felt like I was just trying to be pushed out. And I said, no, I'm here to stay. Well, we yeah, both she's felt that stubborn way. She's, <laughs> she's a part of my life, too. And I'm here for her. I don't care what you do. Right. Yeah. So we 
in that in that moment, Jamie and I were, you know, having to make some decisions and talk about different things. You know, of course, it was all about Audrey. Now we're road weary because I've I've pushed my Jeep Cherokee to the max getting it there, and it, it's a nice car, and and we tested it for mm-hmm. sure to get there <laughs> because you know my little girl needed me and. It wouldn't have mattered what I had to go through, and I'd do it again today. There was at one point the traffic was backed up. I mapped us through like county roads, so we didn't have to sit and stand still traffic. I'd love to tell this story. I was trying to get the police to try and pull me over because a they were going to have to chase me, and yeah. b when they chased me, I was under the impression I would get at, or not under the impression I would say you know give me an escort or write me the ticket because I got to go. Right, right, and absolutely. Amanda was watching the speedometer. I was not. I wasn't watching the speedometer. We're going through the mountains. I'm watching the heat gauge on the Jeep, make sure <laughs> it doesn't overheat, and we end up stranded. No, so, I was watching all of that. I think once we were admitted, Denny and I had to make a huge decision on Audrey's. Red blood count was so low that she was almost in ICU. So they couldn't sedate her, but they needed to get a bone marrow biopsy. Well, that's they weren't going to put her under for that. So we had to make a decision. They Are couldn't we, put her under yeah, they due couldn't. to the state she was in. Yeah. So we had to make the decision like... Are we going to do this or are we going to wait? That was after two blood transfusions yeah. that hadn't come back up. And they said, we can't wait any longer. 89% of her blood was infected. Oh, my gosh. And um, yeah, her. No, we were lucky. Red blood cell count was three. What was it that was three? Her hemoglobin. Hemoglobin yeah. was three. Yeah, it was three. And that normal range is 11, mm-hmm. 11, 12. So she, she was down there pretty good. And they don't like to sedate you if you're under seven because they say your heart can't take it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so we're, you know, we, we agreed to do it because we needed to know what it was. So we go in the room and they have us walk out because we're not sterile. So we walk out and then she just starts screaming for us. And I tried to get back into the room to stop them because I couldn't listen to it. And Denny stopped me. And I think we both just started bawling. And so I think that was the start of it. Yeah. When Audrey was born, the day she was born, we were there. Uh, They had to intubate her to keep her alive. She was six weeks early. It was funny because... I was very calm then. I just, I had a calmness about me. Jamie was very nervous and they, they were doing this in, in a, in a room with a window at a door and Jamie was just, you know, plastered to that door when she was born. So it was weird because I fast forwarded to this moment and Jamie was back at this door trying to listen or be close. And, and, you know, this time I was not in control. Yeah. I, I was doing okay, but man, that that was, uh, I can't even imagine. That's a day of my life I hope to never relive. That's a parent's worst nightmare. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, because I, you know, I, my, my mom and my dad have both died from cancer. You know, of course, I've known several people that have also gone too. So when I heard that, all I could think was, okay, and I know a lot about it. Now we got to get our heads together and beat it. You know, that's mm-hmm. my little girl, our little girl mm-hmm. in there. You know, it's just something, something changed. I think and that, that moment, that, that moment, moment was what probably got us at least starting. Yeah. So, and to further the story 
along. It was just you and I at that point mm-hmm. because we were the only ones that could be down there. And, you know, we just kind of waited outside. It was such a somber moment when they let us back with her. You know, we were just both there and, and there was no more competition. There was no more, you know, she's going to come home with me. She's going to go home with you. You know, there was no more. I'm the boss of her. It was just, hey, that's our little girl laying there and we have to get her to the other side. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. You come together. Yeah. So you guys know that Lauren and I are best friends are Amanda and Jamie. Are you two as close as we are? I mean, I would say so. Yeah. Oh, she said it first. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I always tell her she never tells me. I, was I didn't going... say the F word. Oh. <laughs> What's the F word? Friend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when did you two decide to kind of bury the hatchet and put everything in the past and move forward in a positive way? I think was the no. I think before no, like before that, you guys. So I think the biggest moment for us, we all were going to Audrey's appointments in the beginning. Um, they were every Friday, and it got to the point where driving down, Jamie would ride down with her mom. I think the first the first time it happened, Jamie rode down with her mom and needed to ride back with us. Let me, let me paint this picture before you go no. any further. Yes, me, you always hijack my story. <laughs> every hijack. single time we tell it, it's all yours. Have it at was, it. She my tells joke. it better. Can can I play sound effects on your podcast? No, you can't. <laughs> so <laughs> you can't play crickets. Oh, I'd be so mad at you. <laughs> so on the way back from Audrey's appointment, Audrey's passed out in her car seat. Jamie's sitting in the back. I'm sitting in the front, and Denny's driving. Super awkward. Very. And things were okay at that point, but it was still there was still a discomfort. Mm. And we decide to go to Chick-fil-A. We don't have one in our town. So when we're driving past one, we tend to stop and we're sitting at the Chick-fil-A and the guy comes up or as they start to approach, Denny was trying to lighten the mood and he started cracking jokes about how he's going to say that Jamie and I, or he was going to tell the guy that, Hey, this is my girlfriend. That's my ex-wife in the back. And just all that nonsense trying to make us uncomfortable. He likes to own the I discomfort. Own the discomfort. <laughs> I decided to steal it from him. And I said, no, when he comes up, I'm going to say that Audrey is Jamie and I's child and that you're just the surrogate buying us. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that. So from that moment on, we started building a friendship. Yeah. We, oh, she said it. We, she said uh, it. <laughs> there's a happiness in the room now. But I, we, when we would go to these Friday doctor's appointments, there would be an entourage. We would all wear the same shirts. You know, we would go in with Audrey. So it would be Jamie, sometimes her boyfriend, sometimes her mom, Amanda and I, you know, sometimes there would be others, but it was nearly every time. Mm-hmm. And this time, and, and we would crack jokes. We were good with the with the nurses and the doctors because as they would come in they got to know us and i would always make a joke and you don't just get to meet us no so it's not real easy yeah we're production and when we went in and we got all these people they we'd have nurses come in and say okay who's mom and then they'd start talking to amanda and then nope and it was still kind of taboo for amanda to be stepmom at that point it was absolutely yeah so that that was like uncomfortable as a matter of fact one time i referred to her as stepmom and i got a call from jamie the next day i remember that for that you said i'm not upset but i'm trying to work through that do you remember that Mm -hmm. which even though we were having that conversation was was huge that was a ways in 
but in the beginning i would just say i'm and i would just say i'm with him or you know i'm just i'm just amanda i don't yeah. have a title <laughs> i was allowed to that have was a title a rule. Was she was not allowed to have a title <laughs> our third episode in our thank god cancer saved our divorce archive you can hear all of them oh my god but i need to see that, the rules yeah for sure <laughs> And then it went to this one time where Jamie needed a ride back, like Amanda was saying. And I'm thinking, boy, that's going to be awkward. My ex-wife sitting in the back seat with Audrey. Just like the uh, situation going on tonight, Denny didn't tell me about it ahead of time. <laughs> well, I, I'm back in trouble. Well, I think Can I you said, guys rescue me from this one again? I, <laughs> I think I did what I normally do. Hey, uh, my mom's got to go back to work. You think you can give me a ride? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was the first time. And, you know, it was kind of quiet. And then I thought, well, I'm going to break the ice here at Chick-fil-A. And then, bam, Amanda stole my thunder. And then it was. From then on, he was just the surrogate. And yeah. we, we really didn't. We only needed him for the creation of Audrey. And that was it. My seed. That's how I, yeah, that's how ours is. That's, Lauren yeah. always says that it's her and I that co-parent. Yeah. John's just a guy that she had some kids with. We f- refer to it as Jet's two mommies. Yeah. He thinks he has two moms. He genuinely right. has no idea. Most people just think we're a lesbian couple and we have all these kids. And that's okay. It's flattering. <laughs> This episode of Co-Parenting Past Chaos is sponsored by Himalaya Ashwagandha. Life is full of stress, anxiety, and worries, especially right now. With everything going on in the world today, I don't think there's anyone that isn't dealing with some sort of stress. As busy wives and moms that work full-time and run a business on the side, all while co-parenting our small army of children and keeping all the husbands in line, we can relate all too well. We love finding natural ways to take the edge off and protect our body and mind against stressors. Himalaya ashwagandha helps us navigate through daily stresses and anxiety. So what is ashwagandha? The answer is simple. Ashwagandha is an herb. In ancient times, ashwagandha was considered the king of Ayurvedic herbs, and it was used for a wide variety of conditions. In functional medicine today, we harness the power of ashwagandha primarily to help our bodies adapt to the stress of modern life so we can feel calm and balanced. Himalaya ashwagandha is organic, non-GMO, contains no binders or fillers, and is clinically studied for safety and efficacy. Stress less and find calm with Himalaya ashwagandha. The best part? Get 20% off your first purchase on Amazon with discount code COPARENT20. Check out the show notes for more details on this episode's sponsorship with Himalaya. Oh, tell me how you guys handle conflicts in your relationship now. Usually when Denny they're... creates them and Denny resolves them. <laughs> I was actually going to say the opposite. One of you two will, you, something will cross one of your pee-picking little minds, and then you will say... Pee-picking little mind, you say. I knew I was going to get in trouble for that. I was only kidding. But usually something will come up, and then, you know, I will... You know, say, hey, I wanted to make sure that everything about that was okay. Yeah, he'll usually call like if if Amanda says something and he thinks it like struck a nerve with me, he'll call me and I'm like, no, it didn't. I don't even know what you're talking about. Like tomorrow. Lying. I'll say when she said she was not your friend. I usually or I call the wrong way or I call Denny and I'm like, so does Amanda really like me? (laughs) (laughs) Is she pretending? I will be honest, though. I can't think of one piece of discord that we've had or any conflict that we've had in the last two years. No, we actually, we really don't fight. There isn't much fighting because we... Jamie's we, the only fighter among us. Yeah. Amanda's passive. Uh, Jamie's emotional. I'm, I'm passive aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. You are tonight. But 
But Jamie, I, you are me, and I feel like Amanda is more of like Lauren. Yeah, I can relate to you, Amanda. I, you know, when you guys were on ours, I kind of thought that too. Like, yeah, we mm-hmm. could we could pick, you know, move people around and and move people around. You not say move people. Trade for more wives. No, I don't need any more. We don't need no any more, more husbands. We have no. plenty. <laughs> but no, I just I thought that the stories are very similarities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in your opinion. I'll ask all of you this. What is the hardest part of your co-parenting relationship? Go ahead, Denny. Nope. Nope. So I'll say the hardest part for me is because I am more passive and more big picture. I see like what's best for the greater good. I take a step back a lot of times. And I think a lot of times I get put in the background for some of those things. Like we mentioned earlier, Jamie's a lot more vocal and kind of needy sometimes. So you better just get over it. Ring. Hey, uh, Jamie, did that upset you last night on that? (laughs) Actually, I really did, and I quit. (laughs) So that's the hardest part for me, but over time, it you're done to it. You just get used to me. (laughs) Get used to it. Yep. I think the hardest part as you better be very careful. Christmas is coming up. Thanksgiving. Well, uh, seriously, the co-parenting. You know that first year or two when Audrey. You know, I just knew I was never going to have a Christmas with my little girl on Christmas morning, and that meant something to me. And Jamie and I, you know, especially early, that was more of a tool. And she knew I wanted it, and I wasn't going to back down. And so that created a lot of headache for us. I could have recognized that she was just upset or angry and I could have waited, but I chose to engage her at that time. You know what I mean? But I won. But since then, (laughs) I mean, and I know I'm I'm painting this picture like we're this great couple that co-parents together. But I mean, Jamie woke up here last Christmas and the year before she actually tried to mitigate a fight between us. Yeah. Jamie started fighting. He was like, hey, listen, guys, it's going to be okay." (laughs) But the the year before, to Jamie's credit, and it's amazing. She just called me. We had our Christmas. We had our family. My parents went down to Florida because they have a condo in Florida. And so they weren't going to be here. It was the first Christmas that I wasn't really going to have anybody here. And I thought, you know, for just Audrey to wake up with just me when she could wake up at Denny's and we could have Christmas later. I asked him, I said, you know, we already had our Christmas with my family. Do you want Audrey Christmas Eve night so you can so she can wake up there and I, I think I he cried started like crying. A baby. Yeah. I cried, I oh cried like a baby because he I cries just, a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't cry a lot. I cried like a baby because I, I was like, oh my goodness. But, but again, a lot of that is when we found out about Audrey, a lot of my perspective in life changed completely. So I lost a lot of that it, all about me. Right. And so I lost a lot of it, Amanda, not all of it. (laughs) Still working through it. I actually skipped over that part. Oh, so I left a lot of that and it just started becoming easier. And I was like, holy crap, wait a minute. (laughs) This is really easy. You know, if I need anything, they do it for me. If they need anything, I do it for them. And it just, it works. So I don't really know when Denny screws up is probably the only time it's really difficult. (laughs) And even then we just make fun of him. Yeah. There you, there you go. go. Yeah. I think it, you realize that 
some point that you can't be selfish any longer, that Mm -hmm. it takes a village and you actually have your own village in a co-parenting situation. So you have so many different people to count on. And if you come together and work as a team, that's the best thing for your children. Oh, yeah. Oddly enough, we have so many kids, we need a village. Exactly. We, <laughs> we, can, we can relate to that. Yeah. What do you guys think about boundaries? Do you have any? Because we don't really. And <laughs> we are always interested in other co-parenting families. Jamie and I went to a male strip show together. Does that oh, dear. Oh, <laughs> yes. yes. Um, I, I, when I come to the house, I'll give a knock and open at the same time. Okay. Yeah, but I I, sometimes <laughs> if I have my hand, if my hands aren't full, um, other times I will just show up. Yeah. I, you know, as I it relates, that's a, that's a great question. We've never been asked that. Mm-mm. And I don't know that we do have boundaries. It's, you know, it's funny. We teach There's Jamie. not like anything that's specifically off just off topic. Yeah. Or, yeah off limits. Well, what? I'll tell you one thing. It's, we don't sleep in the same bed. Oh, don't yeah. share. I mean, well, that's what people always accuse us of. They think we're either polygamists or swingers. And yeah. we have to set them straight that no, I mean, we do pretty much everything together, but we don't share our mate. I think actually not having boundaries is what makes our co-parenting yeah. work so well. I know for a lot of co-parents, having set, setting boundaries is really important. But for ours, it was taking the boundaries down. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That worked. I think the boundaries is what created the tension because right. it felt like you have to, especially, I mean, the more boundaries you have, the more narrow of a line you have to walk. So I will, if you're worried about what you're saying or if you're worried about action, small things like that, I think it makes it. We, we just we just crossed that bridge last week or just in the last few days. there Even now, I was like, well, I'm going to watch this unfold because Audrey had got caught in a lie. <laughs> oh, and uh, and Jamie or Amanda had been lied to by her. That was the third time, is it right? Yeah. And we we tried washing her mouth out and all that good stuff. Audrey's not a bad kid. She's a great kid, as a matter of fact. And she's actually she just picked this up because she's in so much fear of getting in trouble, even when she does something. Yeah, she she's never gets in trouble, get in trouble, but she for. sees her brother get in trouble, so she thinks oh, I'm wow. not doing that shit. Yeah. <laughs> she's like no matter what it is, I don't. What did someone eat one potato chip? Wasn't me. I didn't do it, but she, she lied. And I, I, I don't remember. Did you call Jamie first or after? I I called Jamie first. I made actually, so on this one, Jamie and I had talked about it previously. Um, And then the last one I made Audrey call Jamie. So what this turned into was a spanking for Audrey. She had, she just had her adenoids out. So I didn't want to put anything in her mouth. Yeah, so she thought she would just hit her a whole bunch of times. (laughs) I didn't win for spanking. I didn't realize it was going to be that. (laughs) So and so that's like I'll do it to her, you know, I'll spank her. But then I was like, oh no, I wasn't here, and I always try to save Braxton from spankings. Oh yeah, and so Braxton is Amanda's son mm -hmm. from before me. He's my son now, of course. But Braxton and Jamie have a very close relationship, and Mm -hmm. Jamie's like. Jamie's like Aunt Jamie, so if he gets in trouble, he runs to her, and then she she starts the she tries to protect him. Yeah, she becomes the defense lawyer. Now, Mister Speaker, <laughs> like, listen, he he didn't know. He, it's okay. No. Yeah. So, so my first or she'll try was, to keep him from getting in trouble. No, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. he does it anyway. Yeah. 
but I'm like, oh my god, she's finked her. I know she's finked her hard too. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and yeah, look, there's pride in Amanda right now. Yeah, she her her. I'll do it again. She will remember those spankings. But it was, I mean, it's she's been paddled. This is probably the third time in her life. And I think I've probably done two of them. Yeah. And, <laughs> but I will tell you three years ago or four years ago. Oh, I wasn't happening. I would have burnt the house down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Cause Lauren tries to get me to spank. Cause I don't. And she's like, you need to spank them. And I'm like, but I just can't, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> I, don't know I can give you a demonstration if you need. Yeah, right. Thank you. She, that's what she needs. I'm like, they're naughty, and I can't be everywhere. As the stepmom, I need you to step up sometimes. I, I mean, I will yell, but like a scalded ape. But I just don't know. They're naughty. Those badass babies. Touchy. <gasps> but it, it, but that was. I mean, seriously, that was a moment that kind of proved to me this is solid. Yeah. You oh, know, absolutely. Right where it needs to be, because that would have been easy for Jamie to call me the next day and say, hey, I hey, wish you would have taken care of that. You know, that hurt. No, I would have caught the house on fire. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, cool. you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, like back in the day. But we're saying like even five or six months ago, that probably no. may have not been. No, 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 no. Since no, I mean, it, she's probably right. Like no. a, a, five or at six least months a year ago. ago, a year ago, maybe. Okay. But yeah. Well, you guys tell us what you hope to accomplish with getting your story out there. Cause you know, you all three of you do this podcast. And so you have to work very closely together because I know it takes a lot of work to do. What do you hope to give to other families? So we've always said our message is if we can help one person who's going through divorce or someone who's coming into a person who has a child and doesn't have a great co-parenting relationship with his ex, her ex, whatever, that if they can hear our stories and maybe help at least change their mindset to make things easier for them. Yeah. A lot of times people hold on to what their spouse did to them instead of realizing that, you know, it's about the children and really you don't want to be with that person anymore and they don't want to be with you. So letting that go and just, you know, seeing that you don't have to have tragedy to do that. You just have to let go of the anger, anger you have toward the ex-spouse. Why did you look at me so long when you said that? So my thing is, I think we had a story to tell, you know, what you guys are experiencing and what we're experiencing is not happening enough in the world we live in. No, for sure. And so many people you hear so often people take pride in winning a fight or winning some sort of listen to what I did to my ex yeah. or his mm-hmm. girlfriend yeah. and, or and, and they almost laugh about it or sometimes not even almost it's, it's a do. joke, what? you know, and the child or the children are the ones that pay. And, and it's just you know, toxic. We don't think everyone needs to have a relationship like what we do to an ex-wife and a new wife. You know, they don't always need to be able to go to strip clubs. Yeah. And <laughs> throw baby showers for the other one. You know what I mean? But but there can certainly be a relationship that can be conducive to loving the child. That can and, be a and, good environment for the children to be happy wherever they go and know that there's solidity between the two homes. Yeah, there is definitely it's a seamless transition, mom's house, dad's house. And mm-hmm. before, before long, you know, I'm just home. I'm not at mom's house. I'm not at dad's right. house. Mm-hmm. I don't have clothes there and clothes here. It's I'm just home, whichever house I'm at. I'm lucky enough to have two. My mom and my dad are always together. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We spend so much time together and yeah, you know, so many people 
so many exes miss out on a lot of their children's lives because they're splitting this time. And it's like, do you do realize that I see my child more now that we get along than I ever did before? I say that exact same thing. I see my children every single day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, to Jamie's credit, I have worried due to our situation that I hold her back from, you know, being in fulfilling relationships, which she is in, you know, struggled for a minute. I know that it's still weird to introduce people. Hey, I'm going over to my ex-husband's house and we hang out and we do this all the time and you're just going to have to be okay with that. That's hard to introduce people to. But, you know, it's to her credit. She's you know, she she sets me straight every time. She's like, look, this is my life. And this is what I'm doing. And this is what's best for Audrey. And honestly, it's what's best for me. That's why I'm uh, I'm doing it. And you know what? That's important to me. And I want to protect it. So I felt that way with Lauren because, you know, John and I were married in the beginning. She wasn't and she wasn't even in a serious relationship. And I thought, you know, we're maybe we're holding her back. But at the end of the day, whoever she's with and now she has a great guy, but they're going to have to just accept that she's a package deal. Oh, they, and I come yeah. along with her. <laughs> I yeah. come with yeah, a- It's not the package of the children. It's the package yeah. of the adult. <laughs> That's exactly it. It's not about, I don't come with just kids. You know, I come with a whole ex, a whole new wife, a whole additional children. So when you start dating, um, Lauren, was it like hard to bring that up? Like, hey, did you do it like in the beginning? <laughs> I, I did, actually. That was like one of the first things I would kind of come out the gate with. And a lot of times uh, I found that, especially last year after we had started the podcast and the blog, these guys were reading up on me before they would meet me. <laughs> and one of the first things that would come out of their mouth was, oh, I hate your ex. Or I would just punch him if he, if he you know, said something when I was in the room. And I'm just like... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Like he was here long before you. Right. <laughs> you. This is not about you. This is my life. And if you think that anything's going to change by you coming into it, I mean, there's the door. Don't let it hit you where the good Lord split you. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't need rescued. No. And I'll cut yeah. them. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, it, I'll just throw it out like this. At the beginning of a good relationship, you got to talk about STDs and ex yeah, That's yeah. true. Both of them. If we're all here together. Kids don't make that together. list for some reason. <laughs> yeah. They're understood. In your your 30s, it's just understood that you come with kids. Right. Do you guys think that working so closely together on your podcast has helped kind of build your relationship, make it stronger? Absolutely. Yeah. This is a therapy session for all of us. That's what we say all the time. I mean, not only do we get closer through doing our podcast, but I think it just helps make us more whole individually. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been interesting. We've had to work together and we've had a couple of moments down here where. Oh, yeah. I have felt like I wanted to strangle Denny. There have been a couple of those because I'm sure you guys feel this, too. You you put so much time and effort into this. And if if you're sensing something isn't going right. And, you know, you're kind of in your head, you're hearing it, you're having an out of body experience almost. And then the other people are just over there playing on your phone. You're like, what are you doing? Yeah. And oh yes. Yeah. So I, I stood up and did it by myself. Uh, maybe, I, maybe I can relate a little April bit. People can relate. <laughs> I've, I've jumped ship a couple times. <laughs> there was one time I finally threw my hands up and said, "It's not getting out on time. It'll probably never get out again." And oh, he was so. Oh, mad. I was mad, and I left the room. And Amanda Uh-oh. stayed up until like three in the morning and made like a little compilation of the podcast and made it work. 
Um, she did great. She did a very good job. It took four days for him to listen to it. And oh, said, I was so pissed. Yeah, I guess that was okay. <laughs> oh, I was. And I was so upset because I was living it. And we're in this together. This is a product of us. This is our baby. This is Denny, Jamie, and Amanda's baby, right? Mm-hmm. And besides our real kids, but this is something, this is how we tell our story. And it is cathartic. And, you know, it, for it to not be perfect is would have driven me crazy mm-hmm. so yeah i relate to denny <laughs> <laughs> but you know for the most part it's so funny because jamie is a control freak she wants to I was control actually just about to call you the control yes freak. down here you are the well control. that's what i was getting ready to say because down here you they just let me run things it's not worth arguing with you no about. no can, can i just podcast with you two every week i mean <laughs> again trying to find new wives no, no new wives we would get on your nerves for sure. You, yeah, you divorce us too, just like our ex-husbands. <laughs> All right, guys, one more thing before we wrap up. And the most important thing I think of the night is how is Audrey doing now? Well, we had CPS called because her stepmom was hitting her. <laughs> but other than that, no, no she, she's, she's doing Cancer great. Free. She's, um, she's stopped her treatments this spring. So COVID came and robbed us of the final two or three treatments. She got her last spinal tap, though. And actually, the three of us, not just her mother and I, but Amanda, Jamie and myself made the decision. And it wasn't a popular one with with her doctors, but we had some other people that we were that talking we to. And we decided to to pull her treatment a couple of months early because the whole COVID thing was a was a much bigger concern with her being immunocompromised. Right. Uh, so we chose to stop treatment early. Uh, and thank God we've had no nothing at all. We had one little scare last month and yep. that it turned out to be nothing. And then so. she just got tubes back in her ears and her adenoids out. So now we're hoping we can stay away from the doctors for a while. Yep, Cause she always has ear, you know, she always has some sort of earache or something like can't that. Hear. She, she gets ear infections hear. and she can't hear us. So. Oh my so something I've been thinking about, but we haven't really talked about that is a kind of a big marker for us. I always thought, you know, when, when she was diagnosed, they told us, you know, next two years, she's not, not allowed to go out. She's not allowed to go to school. She's not allowed to be around other people. Well, we found that to not be true after like a month after we talked to um, her regular doctor, not just the people that we were admitted with, but she started kindergarten on time this year. Oh, wow. Oh, congratulations. So, I thought that was pretty exciting. And she's, she struggled a little in the beginning because she didn't, she did miss out on some, you know, preschool time. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've seen improvement in the last few weeks with her. And I think by the time she ends up in kindergarten, she'll be right on track where she was. You mean first grade? When she ends kindergarten. Oh, when she ends kindergarten. I think she ends up in kindergarten. I'm like, she is in kindergarten. No, no, she will. She'll be right on track where she should have been. Like nothing ever happened. That's amazing. I hope she knows how lucky she is because she sounds like she has three amazing parents that love her so much. She does. She, she is a special little girl. And I'll just say this. I've parented with a couple of other ladies before. (laughs) And, uh, I, I certainly could not ask for uh, a better mother for my daughter, either one of them, because I have a new little baby girl, too. So sharing this experience the way we are is is very, very important to me. I love it. And I want everybody to be like us. Every yes. co-parenting situation to take what we're doing and spread it around. 
So it's amazing. You guys are great. And, and it's not polygamy. No. <laughs> or not. Swinger. No. <laughs> you guys are so much fun. We love having you on our show. And we thank you so much again for sharing your story and being so open and honest with us. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Will you tell our listeners where they can find you? So you can find us uh, at our website. So our website has everything. It's got, you can see what we look like. You can see, uh, I'm sorry about that. From <laughs> But uh, you can, thank God, cancersavedourdivorce.com. Our podcast is on the back page if you wanted to just go straight there for the podcast. But it also has some good information. It talks about our regular parts to our show, like Bad Libs with Brandon and What's with Whitney. Family Fantasy Football update with Amanda. Uh, we do each and every week. We have different guests on, but come and find us at uh, thankgodcancersavedourdivorce.com or uh, you can find us on the Facebook. page also has links to all of our uh, social media. Social media, yeah. Facebook, Facebook Twitter. Twitter, TikTok. All of Apple, that. iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts. It, it's, you can find it all on our website. Awesome. And I'll include all those links in the show notes so that they can find you easier. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you guys so, so much. We really appreciate it. It's been fun talking to you guys again. Now, listen, I don't want anything weird to get started. I'm staying with these two. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you got it. Just a few announcements before we finish up. Don't forget to get in touch with us because we love hearing from you guys. Send us topics that you want us to discuss. Make sure that you follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We do weekly Facebook lives every Wednesday where we give our followers a glimpse into our real lives and discuss the topic that we're talking about in our blog and podcast that week. Also go to our website and check out our weekly blog. Remember that we're relaunching our website. And if we haven't said it before, we are going to change our name and everything will be rebranded to Co-Parenting Cascade. Yes. If you haven't already, don't forget, please rate and subscribe to our podcast. Also, when we take a break at the end of November, we're going to take that week off when we relaunch on December 1st. That will be the start of season three for our podcast. Here we go with the world's okayest mom. And again, this week, it's more about bad exes than bad moms. We're trying to give them. We've been really harping on the bad moms. Maybe yeah, we're we feeling really bad about ourselves. <laughs> Probably. So give them a break. But we have a new wife asking about life insurance. She wants to know if when you marry a man, should you expect him to change his beneficiary from his ex-wife to his new wife? She says that her husband still has his ex-wife as his beneficiary on his life insurance policy. He says that he keeps it that way because he just assumes that his ex would someday use the money to take care of their four children, even though they currently have no biological children between the new wife and him. The new wife's very bothered that her husband still has his ex as the beneficiary, and she wants to know she's wrong to feel annoyed by this oh that's a hard one honestly i mean in the military when you divorce you automatically like remove that ex as your beneficiary right i'm not i don't have life insurance with john or he doesn't have my name on anything and i wouldn't expect to i think it's his job that if something were to happen to him to have it written out that a certain allotment would go to his son of course other than that i don't really need a say in that obviously because I am a good person and because I love all of our children, I would make sure that they're taken care of. I think it just depends on the person, maybe. I guess. If you I, have I, like a 
sneaky wife. Maybe you don't want her. Maybe you don't want her. Because Maybe that's you, the reason. you think that she won't take care of your kids. Yeah, and that's a very good point. And I know, you know, my dad had a life insurance policy when he passed away, and his ex-wife ended up taking everything and not and that happens a anything lot. to my sister and I. And that, I would just never do that to children. I wouldn't children. do that, no. No matter if they were their grown children, I no. just wouldn't do it. So, I don't know, she kind of has a point. As a wife now, I don't know. It's hard because I'm best friends with you. So you would feel like your husband, though, wasn't trusting of you. Maybe. And that would probably bother me. I mean, I haven't even asked my ex. I don't want to because I don't want to know the answer. John and I didn't have that conversation. I never actually brought it up to say, hey, I want to be your beneficiary because I just think that's kind of morbid to say hey when you yeah. die can you give me some money yeah but I, I guess it's just understood I mean he's my beneficiary on my life insurance policy I don't have life insurance <laughs> you guys are all screwed when I die oh you're gonna leave us as a bunch of debt <laughs> yep probably not even that you're really gonna have nothing but maybe shoes and some clothes that's all that Lauren owns so just tell your husband poor lady that yeah. wants to know or have him leave his shoes to my you. shampoo <laughs> That's all the time we have for tonight. Thanks so much for listening and hanging out with us. If you'd like to find out more about us, visit our website at www.wifestales.com. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you're the first to know about all our upcoming events. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to tune in every Sunday for new episodes. We would love for you to subscribe and review our podcast. Always remember, with prayer, anything is possible.